James chapter 1. <clears throat> Two things about tonight's message. Number one, it, it should be a little on the short side. At least I think it will be. I, I don't know. So, yeah, so I know we got about an hour to kill uh, before Iwana gets out. Um, so it should be a little on the short side, which is fine. I don't have a problem. Yeah, live stream's not working again. Um, but um, um, it, you, when I when I tell you the title of the message, you're, you're going to think, "Wow, where did that come from?" Um, but we are coming into a season that the Hallmark Channel and all the movies will tell you is a joyful time and this is the time where everybody gets along and you know everything goes right during this time and you know i mean isn't that isn't that what hollywood tells us okay <clears throat> is that true no uh in fact just the opposite is true um this is the time of year when more people get angry than in any other time of the year. Um, this is th this time of year, depression skyrockets. Yeah, and then and then throw COVID on top of that, and and you you have a formula for for disaster. Um, so <clears throat> don't believe all the hype. I mean, watch your Hallmark movies and pretend that that stuff happens, but it doesn't. <laughs> I mean, it makes us feel good, right? I mean, my my wife and I watch those silly movies, and, you know, it's okay. Just, you know, just follow your heart. <laughs> yeah, you know. Um, we have a, a running joke whenever we watch one of those movies and they make that statement. Um, well, never mind. Um, but almost every hallmark, you hear that at least once. Just follow your heart. Anyway, um, <clears throat> James chapter 1. In the spring of 1894, the Baltimore Orioles came to Boston to play a routine ball game. But what happened that day was anything but routine. Their Orioles, John McGraw, got in a fight with the Boston first baseman. Within minutes, all the players from both teams joined in the brawl. The warfare quickly spread to the grandstands. Oh, it gets better. And this is a true story, okay? Um, among the fans, the conflict uh, uh, went from bad to worse. Someone, this is true, someone set fire to the grandstands. The entire ballpark burned to the ground. Not only that, well, they can't now because they make them out of concrete, okay, just, you know, but anyway, not only that, but the fire spread to 107 Boston buildings as well. 
just because one guy got mad at another guy. And they got in a fight. And it spread. My, my wife, you know how moms are? Moms are horrible. Just saying. My, my, mom, my mom is horrible in this way. They, they like to tell you things that irritate you. Amen. Right? Okay? The truth. Huh? The truth. Well, it may be true, but it still irritates you. It, you know, it, it doesn't matter if it's true. It still irritates you as a kid. <laughs> but my wife, I can't tell. I, I wish I had a dollar for every time my wife told our kids. Ripples on the pond. Your actions are like ripples on a pond. I got sick of it myself. And I wasn't even home all the time. And then she would sit down and explain to them if they throw a stone in the lake and these ripples, and, and our actions are like, like the stone and blah, blah, blah. You know, and... That is so true. It may have been irritating at the time, but it's still true. Our actions have effects. Just as the, the Orioles and the Boston Red Sox, uh, it, it got out of control. One person lost their temper. Anger will spawn what? More anger. And, and, it, and, and that anger intensifies as it goes out. If that statement is true, and I believe it is true, that anger will spawn anger, then kindness will do the same thing, will it not? So, an angry person brings forth anger. A person that is mean will bring forth more conflict. But a person who's kind will do the same thing, but in reverse. They'll bring forth more kindness. Just as the ripples on the pond, our actions breed actions. Uh, early in our study, and I told, I told you last week that, that more than likely last week was going to be the last of the Facing the Giants series that I was doing. And so this, this, this evening I purposely didn't name it Facing the Giant of, I just named it. Um, because it, it really isn't part of that. But early in the in the in the series of facing your giants, I did a I did a message on facing the giant of anger, and we talked about the uh, the giant of anger. Well, tonight, <clears throat> because of the season that we're getting ready to go into, I wanted to kind of take that a little bit further, but kind of expand on it a little bit. And the the, the title of my message tonight is "There's no need to yell." There's no need to yell. Now, I, I want to say something, and, and this is me just being transparent. Uh, you can do just about anything to me. 
um, you can call me names, uh, you know, but if you yell at me, something something inside of it just snaps. It, it, I don't know what it is. I, I, I just I, I, I just hate being yelled at. <clears throat> and I, I, I am assuming there are other people out there uh, that, that feel the same way because I see heads doing mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> there, there's just something it, it just it just it just sends me over the edge. It, it, I don't know how else to say it. I, I, can, I can handle just about anything except being yelled at. Mark Twain said this, Anger is an acid that can do more harm to the vessel in which it is stored than to anything on which it is poured. Now I want to I want to stop right here and and say this because I, I I because this at least will help you understand my thinking here. <clears throat> what is yelling? Okay, anybody? Okay. Okay, it's projecting your voice really loudly, but that okay. But what is yelling? Okay, it is the physical manifestation of anger in the heart. That's how I view it. When somebody yells, they are releasing something that's being pent up within them. Does does that make sense? So for the sake of our message tonight, yelling and anger are are synonymous. Okay? So let me reread Mark Twain's quote again. Anger is an acid that can do more harm to the vessel in which it is stored than to anything on which it is poured. So when somebody is yelling, what are they doing to the inside? They're tearing themselves up. There are some things that I, I, I want to kind of, I, the, the reason I'm doing this is because I, I, I want to throw some things out here to help defuse anger in this time of the year. Because anger is a really, really big problem this time of year. So I want to give you some things uh, tonight that can help you defuse anger. Number one, and this is, this is really, really, but did I give you this point, Chris? I don't think so. I, I, I may not have. Uh, the first, my first point here is, is um, uh, come up with a plan. Come up with a plan. Um, uh, let, let me give you an illustration. Be, because because uh, I hate yelling so much, um, when our children were young, we, we had a policy in our family that mom and dad say something one time. Uh, we, you know, if we if we told Tim to take the trash out, and you know, ten minutes later, the trash was still there, uh, we dealt with it right then. We didn't say, Tim, I told you to take out the trash. We we didn't do that. 
uh, we, you know, we, we just, we, we came up with this idea back when Ashley was probably about this big. Because I hate yelling so much. I, 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 I said, we need to come up with a way to keep us from losing our temper. So we devised this plan early in our, 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 our marriage that when it comes to our children, we tell them to do something one time. Now, I want to say this. The point of that was not to make obedient little robots out of our children. Okay? That, that, was, that, that was not the point. The point was to keep us from losing our temper. Because what happens in most cases? I hear it all the time in Walmart. Don't touch that, Johnny. Johnny, I said don't touch that. Johnny! And, and, and next thing you know, the, the, the parents are out of control. And they're screaming at their children. And the kid's still playing with whatever. It, it, does, it, it does no good. So the, the point was not so that we had obedient little robots that ran around and did whatever we say. That, that wasn't the point. The point was to protect us from losing our control. So we need a plan in place. So if you know during the holidays that you're going to be spending time with family members that... You know, like to push buttons. I like that. Thank you. That's a good idea. <laughs> they, they know those buttons and they like to push them. Okay? Come up with a plan. Before, yeah, before you get there. Yeah, the plan. Boo! <laughs> oh, that failed. <laughs> no, come up with a plan. If you, if you know you're going into a situation where there's the possibility that you are going to be compromised with your temper, then before you get there, come up with a plan. It, it, it will save you a lot of heartache. Another uh, thing that you can do is contemplate the consequences. The, the ripples on the pond, so to speak, if you would. Uh, <clears throat> I, 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 could, I could literally preach an entire sermon on this one point. The consequences of losing your temper. It, it's, 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 it's an amazing problem that we all face. But at the root of this question is, is this, the testimony of Christ. When we lose our temper it not only affects our ability to minister to people, but it also uh, affects the testimony of Christ, to, particularly to somebody who's not saved. Another way to defuse uh, anger is to approach the situation with peace. Proverbs chapter 15, verse 1. A soft answer turneth away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. 
approach it in peace. Oftentimes, oftentimes, again, especially this time of year, we know going into certain situations that you know there's always a potential for for conflict. And if you if you have a plan in place and you and you have a thought, then then it's it's a whole lot easier to to approach problems with peace. If you've if you've thought it through and you're and you're planned for it. Another one, uh, engage in empathy. Engage in empathy. Um, <clears throat> try to understand uh, the the person's anger where, where they're coming from. Um, you know, right now with everything going on, um, uh, fuses are short. Uh, people are on edge, and we need to be uh, empathetic, empathetic uh, to the, the 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 struggles that people are going through. And and it's easy to, especially if it's a family member, it's easy to think, well, that's my brother or that's my cousin or, you know, they don't have the right to talk to me like that. You know what? You, you don't always know what they're going through. So we need to be very empathetic to the situations that people are going through because we just don't always know. Even though we think we know, we still, we don't always know. Uh, another one, uh, communicate clearly. Yelling back doesn't help a thing. Okay? Be, be, and, and hey, what what does human nature say when somebody yells at you? That you you I mean it's just I, I mean it before you know oftentimes before we even have a chance to think about it we we are reacting are we not? So, if you put these things into place, then it's easy to communicate clearly. If we if we're empathetic and we and we 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 try to approach in peace, it's easier to communicate clearly and calmly. I should I should have put uh, clearly and calmly with peace. James chapter one in verse nineteen. <clears throat> Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for your love. And uh, Lord, as we look at your, your, uh, uh, your word tonight, we ask that you would speak to our hearts in this very uh, interesting subject that, that you've put on my heart tonight. Uh, we love you and we thank you. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. So, in the book of James, James, well, before that, before I ask that, who is, who is James? Okay, the half-brother, the half-brother of Jesus. Okay, I'm very particular about that. He is the half-brother of Jesus. Okay, who is James writing to? Is he, is he writing to the saved or the unsaved? Okay, he's, he's writing to the saved. So, obviously, anger is an issue within the, the Christian community. 
Well, the, but they're still Christians, but they're, yeah. <clears throat> so, okay, here's point number one. Let's, let's look at the true character. The true character is revealed in verse 20. For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Let's look, let's look at this word wrath for, for a minute. Um, what do you think that is? Now, that's not a normal word in our society today. I mean, we use it, but what, what do you think the word wrath means? Okay, anger would probably be the, the, the best way to describe it. Fury. Okay, um, wrath is, is uh, uh, it's uh, anger, resentment, um, but it, it is the action of anger. It's almost like yelling is the action of anger. Um, so, so wrath here is 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 it is a it is a it is a descriptive word of action. So, what what do we call those? Verbs. So, wrath is a verb, not a noun. Good job. Yeah. <laughs> do you guys have verbs in Portuguese? Oh, that's normal, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I have an Italian I have an Italian friend. He's him and his mom are just constantly I'm like, dude, and he's like, Oh, that's how we talk. <laughs> wow, glad I'm not Italian. Um or Portuguese, yeah, I w I wouldn't do well. <laughs> we just speak really loud, that's what he said. Okay. Um but no wrath is wrath is the action of anger it is the it is the 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 demonstration of what's going on in the heart of someone so you know if for the, our conversation tonight it would be equivalent to the yelling it is the action of what's taking place in the heart the 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 word the word worketh here so wrath worketh is it's the, it is the the practice of something that is in in continuous motion. So, <clears throat> what is James trying to tell the Jewish believers here? That wrath, if if wrath is a continual part of who you are as an individual then it does not, let's see, let me, uh, does not, uh, um, uh, the, the, okay, let me just read the whole verse. For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. In other words, <clears throat> if this outward expression of what's inside your heart is, is, is a part of your life on a continual basis, then you are not reflecting the righteousness of God. So what then are you? Uh, what what then is the problem? Okay, carnality is gonna uh, it's gonna affect others, but ultimately, what what is it going to affect? The testimony of Christ, and ultimately, is that isn't that what we should guard? with everything that we have, the testimony of Christ. 
It, it is an act that describes who you really are at home when nobody else can see you but your family. It's not who you are at church. It's not who you are out in public but it's who you are in private. And we need to be so careful to be who we are all the time, everywhere. If, if when you get home, you're a different person and you're that angry person who's constantly yelling and screaming and, and doing these things, you need to be really, really, really very careful here. I, I, I have known pastors in the past who have lived double lives. You know, at church, they, they wear their suits and their ties and they, they talk really nice and they greet people. and you know, But at home, they're just angry, angry people. And, they, and then they wonder why their kids grow up at, to hate God. We need to be so careful because that kind of action will steal away our testimony for Christ. The righteousness of God is our testimony. Everyone sitting in this room, believe it or not, you have the propensity. You like that word? I thought of that all by myself. <clears throat> you have the propensity. That means you have the capability, Bob, just in case. You're, he's a Marine. you got to help him, okay? <clears throat> okay? We all have the propensity to get angry, do we not? We, we all have buttons. I, I am so glad you used that word because it, 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 it is such a good description of how many of us live on the edge sometimes. And those closest to us know how to push those buttons, don't, don't they? I mean, my wife has the ability. She doesn't do this, by the way. But she has the ability. She can put me in, on Mars in two seconds. I have to work at it a little. She's better at it than I am, okay? Just saying. Uh, but, but we all have those buttons. And those that are closest to us know, know those buttons. So we need to be really, really careful. Really, really, really careful. Number two. Point number two. Train your character. And this is really where, where I wanted to spend the majority of our time tonight. <clears throat> Look at verse 19. Wherefore, my beloved beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. So how do we keep from becoming angry people? Okay, earlier I gave you advice on how to defuse 
potential situations. I want to talk now about how do we keep from becoming angry people because, again, we every one of us has the propensity to be an angry person. We can all get there. Uh, uh, <clears throat> so, number one, be swift to hear. Be alert. Be attentive. The word hear uh, is to be alert or to be attentive. And to me, the, the, the most natural question uh, would be is to, to, to hear what? Be swift to hear. What am I supposed to hear? It doesn't. It doesn't say. Okay. So let's let's talk about some of the things that we need to be swift to listen to. And to me, the very first one that comes to mind is the Word of God. Be swift to hear the Word of God. Romans chapter ten, uh, verse seventeen. So then, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. If, if, you, if you had the propensity, well, we all do, but if, if you're on the edge of being an angry person or having a really bad day, uh, spend time in the Word and hear the Word. And, and your, it'll grow your faith and your faith will give you the strength to keep from saying and doing things that you don't want to say and do. Uh, something else that, and this is what we already kind of talked about this, but 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 hear uh, hear others. Uh, give people a chance to talk, especially with family and close friends. We we have a tendency to not listen to them. Now we can we can go into uh, environments. Uh, this time of year, and we can hear all the noise, but we don't listen to a thing that's being said. We need to be swift to hear. What do you What do you think the the word swift? What what kind of what kind of what kind of a word is that? I mean, you know, I mean, <clears throat> it's not quite the way we would phrase something today. But what do you think that that word means? Quickly, you know, don't, don't, don't wait to listen. Be, be quick to hear. Let, let that be your default mechanism. <clears throat> Second Samuel chapter 23 and verse 15 and 16. I'm going to read this passage, these, these two verses and, and, well, let me let me read it, and then we'll, I'll ask you a question. <clears throat> well, let, let me back up. Second Samuel chapter twenty-three. David, does anybody know just by looking at this verse? Anyone, anyone know what was going on in David's life at the time? He was running from da- uh, from Saul. Okay, he was a fugitive. Okay, so, so kind of set the scene here. David was a fugitive. Him and his men were outlaws. And the king was out to kill him. In 2 Samuel chapter 23, verse 15, And David longed and said, Oh, that one would give me drink of the water of the well of Bethlehem, which is by the gate. Now, 
Now, <clears throat> I don't know. I've never been to Bethlehem. I don't know if the water in that particular well is any better than any other water. In verse 16, And the three mighty men break through the host of the Philistines and drew water out of the well of Bethlehem that was by the gate and took it and brought it to David. You think, okay, what has this got to do with what you're talking about? This has got everything to do with what I'm talking about. I don't know, but I don't think that the water in that particular well was any better than any other water. What do you think David was trying to, to, to say? He just wanted to go home. He just wanted to go home. But what did his three mighty men do? They, okay, question. This is the question. Did they listen to David's words or did they listen to David's heart? His words. They took him literally. Can you imagine? Now, now I, I don't know, but <clears throat> you have three mighty men who do something absolutely incredible. Okay, and I'm I'm not I'm not faulting them, okay? I think what they did was was incredible. But how many people had to die so that they could get water? When in reality all David was saying is, I just want to go home. See, they were hearing, but they weren't listening. Be quick, swift to hear. Listen. See, and when we listen to people, we will then be able to be more empathetic to them. Does anybody know what David did with water? He poured it out. He didn't drink it. And, and you, you might think, well, well, that was a waste. No. Recently I was asked... <clears throat> An interesting question. And the question is this. What good have you seen come from COVID-19? And, you know, I, I gave an answer because th there have been some good good things. But, but since I was asked that question, <clears throat> I have actually uh, spent a lot of time contemplating that question. What good has come from COVID-19. And I was somewhere and it dawned on me something really good that's come out of COVID-19. And especially has come out of wearing these stupid masks. And that is you have to 
make eye contact now. See, before, you know, when, when we first started wearing these masks, I, I could run into some of you in Walmart and not even notice you. I, you know, I, it just that's the way it was. Why? Because we're not used to that. And, 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 but we've been doing it now for so long. What, what, has, what has our minds, our minds are, have done? Our minds have now learned to focus from here up. And now, now, and you may be you may be smarter than me, but now I see people in Walmart and and and, and different places, Lowe's or whatever, and I recognize them. And I've noticed something else. Our eyes give us away because <clears throat> I've had people tell me. Oh, I'm smiling under this thing. And 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 I've been able to and most of the time when they say that, I've been able to say, I could I can see it in your eyes. I don't know how. I mean, I guess it could be the little wrinkles or or whatever. I don't know. But you you can see you can see people's emotions through their eyes. And it has caused me to to be thankful for something so insignificant. Because with our face, we can lie, can we not? You, can't, uh, you cannot lie with your eyes. And I even have a Bible verse for that. That's it. Matthew chapter 6, verse 22 and 23. The light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. But if thine eye be evil, thy whole body body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the eye is in uh, in the uh, be darkness, how great is that darkness? See, the eye is the is the window to your soul. And there are people that come to our church and they, they, they will say to me, uh, you know, I'll shake their hand, how you doing? And, and, they, and they lose eye contact with you. You know, oh, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm doing good. What are they doing? They're, 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 they're trying to hide the fact that they're not doing good. But these mass things, they, you, you've got you to gotta have that eye contact now. It's a good thing. I still don't like them, but, you know. Another thing that we need to do is we, we need to learn to listen more than we talk. Let's look at the verse again. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, and what's the next one? Slow to speak. I don't know who who used to say that. I, maybe it was my wife. I don't know, but she she used uh, somebody used to say a, a lot. I used anyway. Um, God gave you two ears and one mouth for a reason. He wants you to listen twice as much as you talk. Be swift. Be quick. 
or, or excuse me, be slow. Whoa, man, I almost blew that one up. <clears throat> uh, be slow to speak. The, the, the word slow here uh, almost gives the idea of inactivity. Uh, the other the other day, um, Melanie and I were, were were watching something, or maybe the grandbabies did something, and and uh, they they anyway the, the the subject of a sloth uh, came up, or is that was that what it is those little animals? Yeah, uh, and and I, I and I'm like, okay, I've heard of them, but I for the life of me, I was just blanking. I'm like, what is a sloth? She said, look it up. So I grabbed my phone and I typed it in. And I went, oh, that's what it is. Y'all know what a sloth is? Okay. Yeah, it's this little animal that just moves really, really slow. And that is that is the word slow here. Not, not that we just move slow, but that we, we it's almost to the point where we're almost dead. That's how, that's how slow we should be to speak. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a lot of verses here, so I'm just gonna fire them off real quick. Proverbs chapter 10 verse 19. In the multitude of words, uh, there uh, wanteth not <clears throat> sin. Excuse me, <clears throat> but he that refraineth his lips is wise. Proverbs 17:27. Uh, he that hath knowledge spareth his words, and a man of understanding is of, of an excellent spirit. Proverbs 31, 26, She openeth her mouth with wisdom, and in her tongue is the law of kindness. <clears throat> Proverbs chapter 12, verse 16, A fool's wrath is presently known, but a prudent man covereth shame. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 29, he that is slow to wrath is of great understanding, but he that is hasty of spirit exalteth folly. Proverbs chapter 15, verse 1. A soft answer turneth away wrath, but grievous words stir up strife. You know, there have been many times in my life, and, and I'm sure we are all guilty of this, I know we are all guilty of this, that as we are saying something, as the words are rolling off our tongue, we're wishing we could pull them back. But if we learn how to be slow to speak, that will help us not say some, some things that we, we really wish later we're glad we wouldn't have said. How, how many of you have ever watched the, the movie um, Anne of Green Gables? Okay, my, my daughter loved that the, the series when, when she was little. And I remember watching uh, Anne of Green Gables with our daughter. And, and Anne, the, the main character in, in this story, uh, makes a statement in, in one of the episodes where she says to the person who adopted her, um, if you only knew the things that I really wanted to say, because she was getting in trouble for something she said. And, but then she, she makes a statement, but if you only knew the things that I haven't said that I've wanted to say, you know, how much more trouble she'd be in. <clears throat> but she's, anyway, if you know the character, she still had a big mouth. Um, <clears throat> but how much trouble 
would you have saved yourself over the years if we were just a little slower to speak? Solomon, in writing Proverbs, was just brutal on the tongue. He just, he hammered the tongue. I'm going to give you a few more. Proverbs 19.19 A man of great wrath shall suffer punishment, for if thou deliver him, yet thou must do it again. Uh, Let's stop on this one for a minute. we got time. Um, what, What is this saying in a 21st century application? Okay, if you cover for someone who's who's got a bad temper, you're going to keep doing it and doing it and doing it, and it's it, it, eventually it's going to consume you. In other words, <clears throat> parents, be careful. <laughs> be really careful. Proverbs chapter 27 and verse 3, uh, A stone is heavy uh, and the sand weighty, but a fool's wrath is heavier than them both. Proverbs 29.8 Scornful men bring a city into a snare, but a wise man turneth away wrath. I read this story many years ago and I thought it was appropriate for tonight, so I, I thought I'd read it to you. Jonathan Edwards, who was a very godly man, uh, he was the um, uh, third president of Princeton. Now, now let me say this. <clears throat> um, those of you that are, are familiar with Princeton, Princeton today is a very, very liberal college. Um, but when Princeton was started, it was started as a Bible college. Okay? It, and they, Princeton and Yale uh, turned out some of the greatest preachers our country has ever seen. So anyway, he was the third president of Princeton and probably one of America's greatest thinkers and preachers. But he had a daughter who had an uncontrollable temper. One day, a fine young man at the school who had uh, fallen in love with her came to Jonathan Edwards and asked for her hand in marriage. Jonathan Edwards said, you cannot have her. The young man said, but I love her. Edward said, you can't have her. The young man said, but she loves me. Edward said, you can't have her. Why can't I have her, he protested. (laughs) Because she is not worth you. He went on to explain. He said this to the young man. He said, yes, She is a Christian. But the grace of God can live within some people with whom no one else can live. What's he saying? She's saved, but you you can't live with her. (laughs) And I appreciate that. Saved that young man a lot of heartache. Nobody, nobody wants to live with an angry person. Nobody. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5. By him, therefore, let us, excuse me, 
Let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Now, again, I want to I want to give you a few tips in, in closing here. that will hopefully help us from becoming angry people. The first one is understand the vicious cycle of, of yelling and anger. Because that, that is the best way for me to describe uh, anger. You know, there have been times in our 39 years of marriage that I've made stupid statements like, leave me alone, I have a right to be angry. Have y'all ever done that? Well, that, that's about the stupidest thing. I don't have the right to be angry. But what happens? Anger breeds more anger. And we get in that cycle. And we need to be careful. And, and, and we need to be able to recognize it within ourselves. The other thing is to understand uh, anger... Uh, and, and emotion, just the general nature of anger and emotions and how how anger and our, our emotions kind of uh, interact with each other. If we don't understand that, then it's easy to get out of control. Have a proactive approach. Again, we've, we've talked about that at, at the beginning. But <clears throat> changing... Changing the experience of anger helps. What do you think I mean by that? Changing the experience of anger. Um, By being proactive, you can often defuse situations before they even happen. You know, oftentimes, again, you know, this time of year, we're we're in, uh, potentially, we're in some volatile situations. And if we know that certain subjects are going to set off certain family members, then you make arrangements within your family. Look, <clears throat> do not bring this subject up. You know, politics right now is one of those subjects for a lot of families. You just don't want to go there. You know, some, some families it's an okay subject, but most families right now, it's just not a good place to go. So you, you have a plan. You, 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 you are proactive and say, okay, look, we're not going to bring it up. And if this subject comes up, this is how we're going to react. You know, just say, look, you know what? We just, we're not going to talk about that. We're here for Christmas or, or, or whatever. So be proactive. <clears throat> and then probably the most important is to love like Christ. Love like Christ. I, I told you at the beginning that I absolutely hate anybody yelling at me. Uh, it, it is just one of those things that, again, that just kind of just <clears throat> sends me over the edge. But if I can learn to love like Christ, then I can learn to forgive. Romans chapter 12, verses 19 and 20 says, Beloved brethren, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath. What, what, what do you think that means, to give place to wrath? 
We, all, we know what wrath is. We defined wrath. But what do, you, what do you think it means to give place to it? It means to just stay away from it. Just to just get, get away from it. Avoid it at all costs. For it is written, Vengeance is mine. I will repay, saith the Lord. Therefore, if thy enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in so doing, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. You want to get back at somebody who's mean? Love him to death. Just love him. Let God handle it. You avoid the wrath and then just turn around and love him to death. That's the best way. An angry person brings anger. A mean person will bring meanness. But a kind and generous person will bring kindness and generosity. Let me close with this. John chapter 13, verse 34 and 35. A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you love, if you have love one to another. The testimony of Christ rests on your ability to love the unlovable. That's hard. That is really hard to do. But I think we can do it. And this year, <clears throat> with all that's going on, don't let Satan win the victory. Don't let him win. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for this day.